Welcome to the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Harriet Blevins. This podcast is designed to empower, educate, and encourage women of all ages and stages of life in their walk with God. Our goal and intent is to provide you with the best content and topics relevant to your lives as Christians. We will have conversations with other leaders all along the way and discuss topics all of us want and need to hear. I'm so happy you're here, and I hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of the Sisterhood & Co. podcast. My name is Harriet Blevins, and I'm so happy you're here today. As always, I want to thank you for your time, because I know there are a million other things that you could be doing, so I appreciate your willingness to join me today. I want our time together to feel like we are in mid-conversation with one another. So right now, we are traveling through a series together called Why? We have laid some groundwork in the other two episodes of the age-old question everyone has at times in their lives, why? Why is this happening to me? Usually, it's directed at the universe in general or even at God Himself. As a Christian, every why question we will ever have can be answered with this statement, God is good. We cannot over-exaggerate His goodness. He is good, and He does good for us. If you're new here and you're having a hard time with this concept of His goodness in all things, I would encourage you to go back to the other two episodes and just give those a listen. They're both kind of short and sweet. It will give you a great biblical foundation to land on. Today, I want to answer a why question that I get quite often from other ladies, and that question is, why am I stuck? Have you ever felt stuck? Maybe you feel that right now. Maybe that's where you are right now. Some years ago, I felt that God gave me a word or a thought um, about the year ahead. Some years, I feel that. I feel like He will give me kind of a vision or a word for the upcoming year, what's coming, what I should be focused on. So the year was 2017, and the Lord gave me the word balance. Now, if you know me, you know I laughed out loud and almost thought that it was a joke. Balance for a type A task-oriented person like me is, is really, those are two things that are incongruent. I usually end up on one side of the spectrum or the other in an extreme situation. Um, it is just kind of, I'm, I'm all in. That may be the way you want to describe it. Never middle of the road. And at a younger age, I would have even balked at the word saying that it was a weakness. But how many of you know that with age comes a very different perspective? So I remember that day writing down the word and just staring hard at it for a few minutes. Then I looked up the definition, trying to find my place in the word balance. And here is the definition for the word. An instrument for weighing a device used for measuring weight or force, or a means for judging or deciding. It's a stability produced by even distribution of weight on each side. And with that last piece, just think of Lady Justice. This past Christmas, Pastor Gina gave me one of my favorite gifts I've ever received. They are a set of beautiful brass scales, much like the scales of justice. They have their spot in my library or den at home on top of my bookcases. Books make me feel steady, grounded, and balanced. Books are to me what Linus's security blanket was to him. 
balance. Balance affects our posture. And I felt like God was saying to me, Harriet, I want you to change your posture. I want to position you. I want you to position yourself to have what you have never had. And now he had my full attention. If you think about the human body or just your own body, your core must be strong in order to have good balance. Now, those of you who know me know that I practice balance almost every day of my life. How do I do that? Well, when I put my shoes on, I like to stand on one leg. I lean over using just one leg and pick up my shoe. I put my sock if needed and my shoe on, and then I tie my shoe or whatever needs to be done before I put my foot down. And that forces my brain to have to balance my body. Something else I do, and if you live in my neighborhood, you know I do this, I like to skip. I will skip down massive parts of the street on one side and then the other. Because I know with age, balance is one of the first things to go. So I want to hang on to my balance by using all kinds of life hacks to make sure that balance stays part of my workout and my everyday life. With balance, I can be two things. I can be focused and I can be free. Now, I want you to stay with me a minute here. You absolutely cannot be both focused and free at the same time. Life is a delicate balance, right, of our time and our priorities. What we give our time to and what we prioritize directly affects how focused and free you and I can be. This focus and freedom is the antidote to the question, why am I stuck? Focused and free is actually sounds like an oxymoron. I used to have a Peloton bike. I know they're very overpriced, blah, blah, blah. But I bought one and I used it quite often. One day, the instructor of the class I was taking said, today we are focused and free. She said it just like that. Today we are focused and free. And it just struck me because those are two words I had never heard actually put together. But if you think about it, they form a balance. So how do you and I form this balance that God was speaking to me about? I'm not going to read the passage to you, but I'm going to give you a bit of homework. I want you to go read the story of Nehemiah. It starts in Nehemiah 1. And the first 11 verses begins to tell some of this story of what was happening. So I won't read the entire passage, but you can go pull it up and read it. The book of Nehemiah is about both wisdom and balance. I'll tell you the cast of characters. Nehemiah is the governor. Ezra is the priest. Malachi is this very active prophet during that time. And all these guys are contemporaries of one another. We see in this passage that they survived captivity and they escaped, but... Jerusalem is still laying in ruins with broken down walls and burned out gates. This was not good. Nehemiah in this story is brokenhearted. His passion is to see Jerusalem reestablished. Some of us may need to reset some places in our lives that have been breached and broken down and remain stuck. Even though they had, they had escaped captivity, there still wasn't freedom. They didn't feel free. They just felt stuck. So what is freedom? The definition of freedom is the absence of necessity, 
coercion, or constraints in choice or action. It means liberation from slavery, self-governance, or self-determination. Freedom actually has a security that is attached to it. That's why Nehemiah and his brothers and men from Judah were so upset about Jerusalem. It was free, but it was not safe and secure yet. It was stuck in an old pattern. So I want us to look today at three things freedom is not. The first one is freedom isn't lawlessness. See, freedom isn't an excuse to break the rules or the laws. It isn't resisting authority or rebellion. The Bible tells us that rebellion is the same thing as the sin of witchcraft. So be very careful leaning into the camp that declares that in order to be free, you must be lawless. That is not biblical. Number two, freedom isn't unbiblical. See, real freedom is based in truth, and truth carries an anointing like nothing else. It is very powerful. Freedom isn't calling yourself a woman if you're really a man. Lies will never replace truth and give us freedom. Remember, we empower the lie we believe. If it's contrary to the Bible, it isn't freedom, it's deception. Number three, freedom isn't independence. We were never created to do life alone. I talked about this in my last episode in my tip of the day. God didn't intend on us becoming islands unto ourselves. That was never His plan. And when we foster an independent spirit, it can cause our worlds to eventually become smaller and smaller and very hemmed in, isolating. We all need other people. We also need others in authority over us. Authority is not a bad thing. It's actually God's protection and His covering over us. Example, a perfect example of that are sheep. If you ever know anything about sheep, they really need a shepherd because they get themselves in all kinds of situations. The shepherd, yes, is an authority over the sheep, but actually the shepherd is there to provide protection and covering. That is a great thing. Have you ever heard a parent say, she's our little free spirit about one of their children? Well, we had one of those and her name was Bailey. But the truth is, Bailey was only ever as free as she was obedient. And it's the same for us today. Freedom isn't unhinged with nothing constraining. Freedom is actually a power or a choice that's under restraint. It's responsibility. It's the world as our oyster while choosing to attach some focus to it. Then our lives become like arrows that hit their mark. See, archers always have a target point. So what is focus? Focus means direction or a fixed point. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? So what was Nehemiah's focus? His focus was on building the wall. Not only was it the passion of his heart, it is apparent that it is also part of God's destiny and purpose for Nehemiah's life. He called him to build the wall. When we attach our focus to our freedom, see, it doesn't just affect us, it affects all those who are around us. It begins to remove the log jam that causes us to stay stuck. That wall had a kingdom priority attached to it. Any goal, any focus God gives to you or to me will also be about kingdom advancement. 
more that it will be it will be more that um it it will be about God's kingdom advancement more than it will be about you personally and your life personally. Focus, the word focus has an air of work about it. See, stuff doesn't just happen. Just sitting around and thinking about something good, that something good should happen to us, that's what keeps us stuck. So don't be a victim of your own life. Be the lead actress, not the best friend. Have you ever seen the movie The Holiday? I'm not necessarily recommending it, but it's a great movie. Um, But anyway, she says in there, you don't want to be the victim in your own life. You want to be the lead actress in your own story. You don't want to play the best friend part in your own life. It's just, that's just the way we walk out of victimization in our own world. So I have three quick ways to help you focus really well. Number one is do the hard thing first. Do the hard things first. Do not put off what's hard. Go ahead and get those hard things done first. You will see that it makes the rest of this much easier. Number two, stay consistent. Consistency is key. Tim had a great sermon a few weeks ago on consistency. I think it was one of the best I've ever heard on the topic. And then number three, become disciplined. Oh, most of us don't like that word, do we? Because it means uh, to come under. You know, that's what the word disciple is from the word discipline. But I, I mean in saying all of this, I want you to stop giving the devil your Mondays. You know, people talk about the Sunday scaries. That means that they're dreading, they're dreading Monday. They hate their lives so bad that they hate Mondays. So stop giving the devil your Mondays. When we attach some focus to our freedom, then you and I will get to enjoy every day, every day the Lord has made. Every day he says we should rejoice and be glad in it. See, one of Nehemiah's biggest obstacles were his haters. They tried to bring discouragement to him over and over again. Have you ever had haters? I mean, I bet you have. If you're of any age whatsoever, I have too. They always try to discourage us from what God is calling us to do. They are a distraction. And in this place, we need to take a lesson straight out of Nehemiah's playbook. Build up the low places. That's what Nehemiah did. He built, He went to where the places in the wall were the lowest or were totally breached, and he began to build right there. Build up the low places in your life. Go after those places that are keeping you stuck and weak and begin to declare over them, no more, no more. And in 52 days, they had their wall finished. Nehemiah 6.15 tells us, See, some of us have places that God wants to finish, not a period or yes, a period, not a comma, an actual period, a finished work for good in your life and mine. This story of Nehemiah is a beautiful example of both focus and freedom. God has so much freedom for us past where you and I are currently walking, because like I said before, there's always more. He wants us to receive the challenge to change in order to move forward into freedom and become unstuck. So what area today is God speaking to you about? About maybe consistency, maybe discipline, and maybe about a place where you need to go ahead and do the hard thing first. Let's pray and ask Him now to invade those places. Heavenly Father, we come to you now asking for help.
We ask you to help us change and discipline the places you are highlighting and touching in our hearts and our lives. Give us boldness. Give us a desire to change and to see our own lives better. Give us hearts of bravery and courage to face a new day. Help us to become balanced so we can become both focused and free in every way. Encourage our hearts where we have had haters and discouragement. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for a new day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, that's all I have for you today. I went a little bit longer than normal, so I don't have a tip of the day today, except maybe maybe go sit down and make a list of those, those three things to focus on. Doing the hard things, staying consistent, and become disciplined. That's your homework for today. I'll be back next time. I hope you guys go and make your life awesome.